Okay, well, here we are in Greece. You know, we've tasted our way through some great wine, some great beers. We even uh, did a deep immersion, literally, into the wonderful world of Ouzo. Uh, but when you come aboard the Celebrity Edge, of course, this is a cocktail culture. And... <laughs> And we have the opportunity, our group, all of them, had the opportunity to uh, attend Mixology 101. Now, I had to be honest with you. When I heard Mixology 101, I thought, uh-oh, they don't know about this group. And we, these are these are spirit sophisticates that we bring around the world with us. I don't want to know how to make a rum and coke, for crying out loud. But no, they said, look, I assure you, you're going to take home some value with you the next time you host a cocktail party. And here presiding over this educational experience is the senior bartender from the Celebrity Edge, and his name is Taz. Okay, so Taz, you you know what? You you make the drinks, people clap. I mean, is that how you roll? Well, this is my game. <laughs> this, is, this is how it works. When people, it's always like this. Every single mixology class that we are making on Celebrity, it starts very quiet, but it ends up like this. Okay, so you actually, uh, this was a very highly interactive experience. You dialed up three cocktails that you invited our guests to come assemble in real time. But what I loved, Taz, about the way that you orchestrated this experience for us is there was some knowledge built into every single uh, uh, experience, not only in the ingredients that you're working with, but also in technique. So let's start with the first cocktail to kind of get things started, get people loose a little bit, because that's that's what you do, right, Taz? You, you loosen your guests. Uh, but anyway, it was the New York sour right yes, talk is. a little bit about this cocktail okay new york sour was implemented in 1880s unfortunately nobody knows who which bartender made it happen but it, it was implemented in chicago not in uh, new york and then it started to be separated around the world early 90s and then uh, these cocktails they become very famous especially the sours like the vodka sours gin sours or the, like the tom collins actually like gin fizz and then whiskey sours when whiskey sours when they start to make it they of course they use the bourbon because they implemented in u.s and uh, it just hit the world as well and so in the in the technique of the new york sour you began by giving us really uh, uh, an educational experience on the shaker and how the pint glass and the shaker work together in tandem uh to uh, prevent accidents and i'm sure you've seen accidents happen on a regular occurrence certainly not on the celebrity edge uh but this is an accident free zone but there was some there was a rudiment there was a technique with how the glass is placed in the shaker to make it ease uh, ease in and out talk about that well absolutely when as we bartenders, when we get inside in this business, we already know what to do. But the guests, if you've never been a, behind the bar, you would never know how to open a shaker. In our hands as bartenders, it might look easy, but with a little bit of education, everybody can make it happen too. That was wonderful. And I, and I guess the, uh, the take-home value here is to, is to gently tap the shaker at <laughs> 3 o'clock, and that will make the, uh, the, uh, uh, the three, glass come three, out. 3 o'clock is the key. And please, if there is one thing, anyone that is listening to me right now, if there's one thing that you always remember, will you please liberate yourself from the burden of dirty ice? Dirty ice has just become this, this burden, this baggage, this, this, this thing that we just carry on uh, you know, with great guilt and great shame. Uh, talk about dirty ice and how to prevent a dirty ice experience at well, home. Actually, two things I'm going to say regarding that. First one, guys, please get rid of dirty ice. Dirty ice is already weak after shaking, all right? Please use proper ice. When your drink is already cold enough, use the proper ice inside in there and keep it colder. Because if you use the dirty ice, your drink is going to be, the ice inside in your drink is going to be more faster melted and you will have so much water inside in that and you wouldn't want that. Second thing is, don't forget this side. 
people are going to come and tell you, you know what, I think this drink is the best in the world. Oh, no, no, somebody else will come and tell you, you know what, forget about this guy. He has no idea what he's talking about. This is the best drink. This is the best scotch. This is the best vodka. This is the best, 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 best. Forget about everything you heard about from these people. The best drink in the world is the drink you like to drink. Make it... Make it the way you like to make it. Drink it the, the way you like to drink it, all right? Yes, and, uh, and I, I actually saw a couple of people uh, take you up on that, Taz, uh, because they were being a little... They had brought their own artistic uh, expressions to the cocktail. When you say three-quarters of an ounce, I saw some overpouring here among our crowd. Three-quarters of an ounce isn't enough for my flowers, but I digress. Uh, so then we worked our way to a, uh, to a cocktail that you're... I think is your boss, right? The, the, the master mixologist for the entire celebrity line yeah. actually... Uh, produced a recipe for a cocktail that I thought was kind of a fun story. It's called the Paper Plane. Yeah, Paper Plane was actually made up with the master mixologist. He was born in Australia. His name is Sam Ross. He's really a young gentleman, but he knows what he's doing. At the moment, he's working in New York. He's not working somewhere else, in the bars or something like this. He's going there for the mixology classes, maybe, or maybe implementing new drinks in the world. But with his drink, Paper Plane, for the first time when I tasted as a bartender, I have been tasted over thousands of drinks around the world. And I can guarantee you that Paper Plane is going to be a future classic. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, of course, this is my wife's birthday, uh, as we all talked about. Uh, you know, it's a big deal. Now, now my, my, my wife is a huge Aperol fan. My, lo- my wife loves the Amaro, right? She loves the bourbon. All the things. You really have manifested everything she loves inside a shaker, which is great because I was able to make her a, a, a birthday present right here uh, with all of her favorite ingredients. I was going to go to Tiffany, but Tiffany wasn't open at the time. So I came back and made her a cocktail, and that'll have to be good enough. Uh, but, but you've got equal parts bourbon, Amaro, Aperol, lemon and just and fresh lemon juice. No simple syrup, no sweetener. No, and I was fascinated by the way all of these ingredients just came together and created Don't forget a, the garnish. Oh, oh, and the garnish. <laughs> right. Okay, so the paper plane is not done without a little kiss, a little no, Taz kiss. Absolutely. So talk about, you said taste this cocktail before the garnish yeah. and then taste it after. And it was interesting watching the observations oh, yeah. of all of our guests here, how they got to appreciate the, uh, the end product. Well, actually, as I told you before, Garnish is not just a garnish. It's actually part of your drink, especially if you are using a very strong flavored garnish like lemon zest or grapefruit or an orange zest. So don't forget, it will affect 100% of your cocktail. Once you are making the cocktails, especially regarding to zest, please take it as part of your cocktails, not just as a garnish. And before we wrap up with our last cocktail, uh, I wanted to come back a little bit to the, to the paper plane uh, because it was served in uh, what looked to us like a martini glass. Now, this cocktail was anchored by the spirit of bourbon. Of course, federal government says, at least in U.S., that to be called a bourbon, it has to have at least 51% corn. That is not a martini. You cannot put a brown liquor drink in a martini glass and snap your fingers and, and call it a martini, right? So it's not a martini glass. No. No. That cocktail, that, that glass is actually a cocktail glass. It's a but cocktail glass. Martinis, they became so famous around the world. Now everybody starts to call them as martini glasses. But the original name of that glass is actually a cocktail glass. It's a cocktail glass. Okay, so I'm going to remember that one. When, when I go home, uh, oh, sorry, uh, we only have the room for an hour, but I believe we have a question. Is there an actual martini glass, with that being said? Is there actually a glass that is called a martini glass? It's actually a cocktail glass, not a martini glass. Let me repeat that one more time. It's actually a cocktail glass, not a martini glass. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so 
so uh, all good things must come to an end, Taz. Uh, you brought out a third cocktail for us to assemble. Uh, Nancy was so good at making the uh, second cocktail that she was asked to come back to help uh, make the third. Now, this one took, brings a little bit of science, a little bit of mathematics to the cocktail-making uh, experience because it has to do with weight and velocity and those kinds of things. Absolutely. Actually, at the beginning, before I start the class, when I was thinking about the cocktails that what I'm going to make for you guys, I knew that if I make like two shaken drinks and so many people, they are going to shake it and they're going to be satisfied while, while we are doing the mixology class. But the third drink, I was really thinking of it just to make a Harvey Wallbanger or something like that. Maybe it, might, maybe it might be a very good tasty drink to make it, but it's not going to be very, very impressive showcase. That's why the reason that I implement the French fantasy for the classes, I, I want you to see that how a bartender can layer a drinks too, just like for the B-52s or the same drink. Once you are using the spoon, you will be able to layer it. All you need to know is which drink is heavier, which one is lighter, which one needs to go first, which one needs to go top. So, what you, so the anchor of the beverage, uh, what, what sits at the very bottom when you're layering this baby? Uh, for the French fantasy, we did the grenadine. The grenadine, yeah, but the heaviest but, of the yeah, of the but, ingredients. But if you are making a B fifty two, of course, it it has to be Kahlua first. Okay, so you've got this uh, grenadine uh, that sort of sunk to the bottom of the glass. Once it passed its way through, a little bit of vodka, a little bit of pineapple juice. Mm -hmm. So as you were layering it, we've got the grenadine on the bottom. We got the vodka and the pineapple juice uh, in the middle, and you want to do a, a lovely little cap, a lovely little finish, uh, a blue curacao. But another thing that I found fascinating uh, is that you said. The blue curacao actually weighs as much as the grenadine. So if you're using the blue curacao by itself, it's just going to sink to the bottom and it's going to look like a hot mess. So what kind of thing did you pull out for us to try as an experiment to make sure that that blue curacao doesn't sink down and it stays on top? Trick is water. Ishkaba. The water of life. You need to use some carbonated water or a regular water to kill the heaviness of the blue curacao. So that will be able to stay on top. So that's all you do is add a little bit of water. It thins out. It lightens it. up Absolutely. the blue curacao, and it really creates a beautiful uh, a cocktail with uh, nearly every color of the rainbow. Again, we have made our way through some spectacular cocktails. And, of course, when you're on the Celebrity Edge, uh, spectacular cocktails are just a part of the experience that you're going to have. Taz, you've made a whole lot of Yay! new friends. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank Great you. to see you. Thank you very much for coming, guys. Appreciate that. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.